Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this week and next week's episode of Kill me now. I can't, I don't even know what to say. You know, I've, I've had a lot of comedians on and I do, I live in the world of comedy. Um, and I've had other luminaries on, I have had, you know, Dick Cavett and I've had Roberta Kaplan and, um, just, just some amazing people who have changed the world. And I kind of, describe this next guest as our guest this week and next week as the mother I always wanted. Um, even though I love my mother, I love, I wouldn't be who I am without my mother. She's uh, my mother, mother. Um, but <laughs> she has made my life better on so many levels. Um, and, and many other people's lives and had such an impact. And most of the people she's had an impact on have never met her before. She is beyond accomplished. I just, I'm just going to say this and I'm not going to go on to the, but she has produced seven Pulitzer prize winning plays. She is the winner of 10, 11, 12, 12, 12 Tony awards and has had 34 nominations. That's 12 Tony awards. That's 12 Tony awards. I, I don't know if you are you guys listening? 12. One, two. Soon to be high. <laughs> um, she's won an Olivier Award. That's Lawrence, not Jewish. And she has been on Crane's 100 Most Influential Women in Business. But you know what? She's an influential woman in life and in this world. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Daryl Roth is here! Woo! 
I can't oh, believe Judy. it, Daryl. You're so amazing. I can't believe you're here. I'm sorry. I get really fangirl out with you. Um, and it's like I get like the thing is I get I see you and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, it's like. You know, it's like it's like seeing Eleanor Roosevelt or someone if I could. <laughs> and then she's normal and nice and warm and just normal. You know what I mean? It's I can't. Uh, Thank you, uh, Daryl. I'm honored. You're making me anxious and nervous. No, and I feel like, don't be. Oh, oh my God. No, it's beautiful. It's, but you, thank no you. one's done what you've done. I mean, it's you're such a role model. I hate, you know, but you. OK, we're going to start at the beginning. I did email your son who did not email me back. Anyway. Well, I Instagram, I Instagram, <laughs> that was Daryl. I just told Daryl about the Jew bell and um, she enjoyed it. Um, I did. And and the reason I do the Jew bell, and I think it's an extension of Ruth Gold, is that people don't realize the contributions Jews have made to this world. And especially anti-Semites who are like, I hate the Jews. I hate the Jews. Okay. Well then don't get your kids vaccinated. Okay. Don't, don't use your GPS. Don't use your cell phone. Don't use ways. Don't, um, you know, I mean, I could go on with the amount of Nobel prizes, you know, we've won over 20% of Nobel prizes were 0.1% of the population. You know, it's, you know, you want to be anti-Semitic, then you can live in the world in a world where you, you know, take away all the contributions we've made and enjoy your life. Okay. Take care. So, um, like me, Daryl Roth, uh, grew up in New Jersey, grew up in Wayne, New Jersey. That I did. Um, and it was a different time. I grew up in the, in, in the late six seventies in New Jersey. Um, you a little bit earlier and you went to public school. I did. And you were, the only Jew in your public school. I was until my sister came along a few years later. Um, it was an interesting time. I had a good Jewish connection because of my family and right. because we lived across a lake from a small Jewish community, which is where we went to Pompton Temple, Lakes. Pompton Lakes. And so I, I was just feeling like an outsider in my school, but not necessarily in my life. I felt very supported and, you know, grew up with all of the wonderful family traditions. So right. it was so, but did situation. you go to, so did you go to summer camp? I did. You I went, went to, to camp with Kiva mm. Friday night and Saturday night services to uh, say, yes, we had that too. And, and I hated whites. it. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. There was such beautiful music and I felt such a connection. Yeah. Actually. I feel it a connection. I hated it because I was six feet tall and, you know, it was just an awful experience for me. You meant camp in general, not that it was a Jewish camp. Right. But I just remembered those Friday night and I was, it was always the clicky. And then there, there was one like tall guy who like looked like he had more fan syndrome. And they were always like, Judith, uh, there's your boyfriend. And I just, I remember Friday night. That's hard. So our services hard. were always the time where it was like, you know, I felt like the biggest outcast, but. Anyway, so you, your mother and father and your mother, God bless her, still alive, still, I mean, like gorgeous at 97. Amazing. I know. Like, like if you go on Instagram and, and, and you got to follow Jordan Roth on Instagram, it's it's a whole For many reasons. Right. And it's a whole I mean, it's a commitment and it's a good one. And uh, he puts your his grandmother on. Yeah, a we lot. all do. We all put wonderful pictures of her because she's such an inspiration. I mean, she's vibrant and, right. you know, she lives in this complex in Miami and right. everybody adores her because, right. you know, she's the living proof that right. you could live to be 97 right. and be with it and, and happy and, happy. and engaged. Yeah, that's right. So you, were you born in New Jersey? I was born in New Jersey in Patterson, New Jersey. Okay. And at an early age, my family moved to Wayne because my dad, maybe he rest in peace, one of the most fabulous people in I, my life Yes, um, was in the automobile business. His father before him also sold Packards and oh, um, really? and uh, Cadillacs right. and Pierce Arrows. Right. And oh, my wow. dad, as a young man, started the uh, Chevrolet agency in Wayne, which is okay. why we moved there. And so that was my upbringing. Yep. Did you have in, a nice car all the time? Did you always have a car? When I was 17, I yeah. did get a car, I have to admit. What'd you get? I got a car. It was an Impala. It was yellow. I named it, um, what was the name of it? Buttercup. 
Oh, we were very big with that. Right, right, right. You know, and wow. we watched Dinosaur, and we had a kiss or good night because, right, you know. So, all right. So you grow up. You're in the suburbs. Did your mother work? No, my mother was active in civic affairs. Right. But she was not, you know, not a career person, but right. very talented in it's lots of very, different areas. Very different sign time. of the times. Um, what was she involved in? Hadassah, and of my course, my mother too. Our yes. schools and yeah. the temple, and you know. What people did in that day yeah. to kind of, you know, support their communities and support their families. Yeah, but not all. I mean, like, I know my mother was active like that, too. But then I looked at some other kids in my school and their parents were, you know. Mm. Well, that's a choice. Yeah. So you learned a lot about being civic minded from your mother, you think? I, I would say growing up, I learned a lot about community. Right. And caring for other people because my father and mother both were very caring, compassionate people. Yeah. Cause that is one thing about you. You're very warm. I try warm, uh, as it is in this room where there's no air. Okay. So <laughs> your sister's younger than you, my sister, Dale, who just wrote a book and it's appropriate to mention at Dale. this moment. Yes. She wrote it with my daughter, Amanda. Oh, it's I love called her. the kindness advantage. So I like to, Oh my God, I have to get that. that. I'll give it to you. It's oh yours. my God, that's awesome. It's so beautiful. And in this time that we're living in, you know, I mean, I'm making a full circle with our talk right. conversation about compassion, but I have to say it's such a wonderful little volume. Initially it was written for parents and grandparents right. to help teach their children by modeling actually right. uh, compassion and empathy and kindness. Right. And everyone who reads the book said, why do you say it's for parents and grandparents? It's for every human being. Oh, I can't which wait. It is. You'll have it tomorrow. I know I will. That's why I love Daryl Roth. <laughs> um, okay. So your sister was younger than you. Were you bat mitzvahed? In my day, it was not allowed, actually, in right. my conservative synagogue. So I was confirmed. Right. But then that many years later, my sister, they changed it a bit and she was bat mitzvahed. Really? Was it a Friday night? You know, I don't remember. Because I... So I, I think you might know this story, but you know, my mother grew up on 94th Street. Yeah. And... Um, didn't go to Hebrew school because no girls went to Hebrew school. Right. And every day after school, she would walk over to Ansha Chesed on 93rd Street and sit in the boys, you know, Hebrew school class voluntarily. And then they all became bar mitzvah and she, they did something special for her on Shavuot because right. her name was Ruth. This is, gets a lot of rings. A and, lot of rings. And uh, her love, of, I think her love of Judaism is yeah. what made me be, you know, so proud to be a Jew. Okay. So you're growing up in New Jersey. You're the only Jew in your public school. You have a Jewish identity. Um, I know from my parents, now your parents, I have a different upbringing because my parents were the same age as your parents. And, you know, they were 41 and 48 when I was born. So I came from that mindset as well. <laughs> and one of the things they would constantly talk about was how everyone hates the Jews and the, because the Holocaust was so, you know, in their minds. Did, did your parents no, teach you? No, my parents, well, I learned about the Holocaust, of right. course, and we studied it. And, and, and to this day, I think it's influenced a lot of work that I've chosen right. to produce actually. No, my father and uh, who was the president of our temple actually was much more about uh, trying to understand and and be kind to people and be compassionate. It wasn't about not admitting that there's anti-Semitism. Right, right. I mean, I experienced it in high school. It right. was a very painful time. I had swastikas written on my lockers. Oh, the worst. You know, there were cross burnings in right. New Jersey same, in those days. Same. So we were very well aware of it. But when we talked about it and when I would come home crying, the conversation was more about, you know, we have to live a good life. We mm -hmm. have to set an example of what it is to be a good person. Right. We as Jews have to take the high road. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't focusing on everybody hates right, us. Right, right. It was focusing on there's no reason for them to hate us. Right. And, and we're going to show them. Yeah. It was a much more positive yeah. way to think about it. <laughs> oh, I could, yeah. I came from a lot of positive. I mean, Humor, of course, was our yeah. our way. Of, but we weren't a very funny family. You weren't. <laughs> no. But you know, I read that you your parents would send you would go to. We're very big into theater. Oh, they, very. We what were some musicals. of the? Sh what was the first show you ever saw? 
Do you remember? I don't, I don't know if it really was the first show, but the one that made a lasting impression on me early on was Peter Pan. Believe oh, it or not. I love Peter Pan. Who was I starring? It. it was the real deal. Really? And I remember the magic of it. Wow. And thinking, I realized this when I people ask me, how did I get into producing? Right. Which is a whole complicated I'm, I, answer I, to a simple question. Yes. But I remember seeing Peter Pan and other shows and thinking... How did they put all that together? Right. How does that happen? And how does this come from here? And how does oh, that that's come such from a there? mind of a producer. And it's such a mind of a producer. Yeah. Really, it's like putting it together. Right. And I was putting always curious. Yeah. And I have to say that that's what I remember thinking when I would go to theater. I was so busy. Wondering, you know, how did that happen? Right. 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 Who does that? That's so interesting because I, you know, I would go and go, I want to be on that stage and I want to, and you're like, what, you know, I never wanted to be on stage. Yeah. I never had. So you feeling. didn't do anything in high school or Not anything? Entirely. Not entirely. What would you do? Well, at camp, back yes. to camp Akiba. Uh huh. We always had a camp show and it was right. a musical. And I remember being a hot box girl. Oh, <laughs> I enjoyed theater so much, but I never saw myself as an actress. I I saw myself as somebody who had to be part of it, whatever right, it right, was. Right. So if it was in high school or if it was in camp and they were doing a show, yeah. I had to be there. Right. And I loved it. Um, I had no talent, but I loved it. <laughs> you have a lot of talent. Um, okay. So... You graduate high school. Mm -hmm. uh, were you popular in high school? This is a very big thing on my show. Oh, it is? Um, it's a funny question. I don't know. I wasn't in the circle of popular kids. Right. But you would know if you were unpopular. I think that I was my own person. Yeah. I think I traveled God. in my own circle. Right. I didn't really. So you weren't part of a clique. You just had your friends. No, and no. That's I had a so... few friends. That I know. It. Same. I had a, f a handful of friends. Yeah. But I was always, you know, I think this also came from my mother's like... This was the other thing. They were always like, you need to have Jewish friends. You, need, I mean, it was constant yeah. because, I mean, my father served in World War II, but it was this constant, like, they, you know, th there's them and there's us mm -hmm. and it's fine. You can have your, and, and we were so close to our neighbors, the Antonellis, and my mother would send mass cards, like very respectful, but always have a place to go, like have somewhere to go when they come to get us. It's a really great way to grow up. And, um, well, okay. it does give you a lot of fear and worry, I must right. say. Yes, absolutely. And now even more. Anxiety. Yeah. So I'm on a lot of meds. Anyway, so. Now what's Jewish about that? Meds. Hmm. Maybe Jewish doctor. I don't know. I'm just trying to connect the dots. Therapist is Jewish. Okay. Psychopharmacologist Jewish. Fair enough. Okay. Thank you. Can't put anything past, get anything past this moment. So, um, all right. So you graduate. Were you, graduate. did you do well in school? I did. I of was course. a good student. Yeah. Were I, you like valedictorian? No, not that good. Okay. But you know what? I had a good time in my own way. Right. I mean, this is a fun fact that I played the alto sax in the marching band. Oh my God. I was in the marching band. I played the clarinet. Oh my God. You did. I did. And I loved it. But then I graduated to flag twirler. Oh, see. All I right. I this know. is all, that is so, that's like abandoning but the I, nerds. It wasn't for me because we were all nerds basically. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it was. No, but the flag twirlers were like the cheerleaders of the nerds. No, they had cheerleaders. I thought it was really fun because you led the parade. Right, I right, like right. That. I like being right out there announcing that the band was coming. Right, right, right. Anyway. Wow. But do you still play the alto side? Like no. if you picked it up right now, could you? No. No. Really? Unfortunately, I, I didn't keep up with that. I wish I had. You know, when I see all these all, all girl bands. Oh my god, I'd isn't say, it amazing? I wish I had kept that yeah. up. I would have loved that. Hey everyone, you know what I just did? I tore, I poured, and I enjoyed a packet of Liquid IV. Because I love Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a major part of my life. And I just worked out with my trainer, and I had a delicious lemon ginger liquid IV. That one has a little extra that has a little green tea in it, and so that's a little caffeinated. So I enjoy that because I needed it today. And, you know, it's getting warmer out, and what does that mean? Summer. Oh, God, please come. It can't come soon enough. And that means you have to hydrate. And that's what Liquid IV does. It hydrates you 
with benefits like electrolytes, vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. And it has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in one little stick. And that's why Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Okay? And I love it. I use it every day. Ben's basketball team uses it. It is a science-backed formula that works. It keeps you hydrated. And they have sugar-free. They have sugar-free packets in white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime. Okay? I didn't do the sugar-free. Okay. But Elisa does the sugar-free. So what are you going to do? You're going to stay hydrated because it's very, very important. And Liquid IV has been a longtime sponsor and I love them and they are a quality product. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to turn your ordinary, ordinary, can't speak, turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JudyGold at checkout. That's J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, can't even say my name, at liquidiv.com. Got it? You're welcome. Where so d- I went to Syracuse University. Yes, you went to Syracuse. And, and I met one of your sorority sisters the other night. Who? Is her name Barbara? Oh, Is yeah, her- Barbara. Yeah, Actually, I love her. She, did, she has become a wonderful ritualist. And she cleanses the theater before I do any production. No way. Yes, I know she her. was there. I know her because I did, I was the warm-up comic in the late 80s for this show Women Aloud with Mo Gaffney and she was an executive over oh. I think at oh. either VH1 or something and I she's like you don't remember me and I looked at her face and I'm like no I totally you remember uh, yeah and I remember yeah, walking terrific. in to do the job and there were some friend like you're young and you're like oh those are friendly faces you know yeah. there yeah there was something yeah. about her I really liked anyway so I went to Syracuse because yeah. of what we're kind of talking about you know my parents I think very wisely thought it would be good after my high school experience to feel a better comfort level of where I belonged right. so you know there are a lot of nice people at Syracuse right. Jews and Gentiles right. alike right. but that's where I went and I, I don't think it was the best choice for me, but on that level, it really was. Did you go look at other colleges? I didn't look at other colleges, but I applied to other right. colleges. Yeah, we we didn't I, go around. We didn't do that. Business. Not then. I know. It's like these kids. It's, it's such ridiculous. a good thing though, because I know, my granddaughter's course. on the tour right now at, at spring break, and you really do get a feeling of of the campus and the kids right. when you walk around. But and we didn't do that. Yeah, I know. It was like you go, and first of all. Um, you know, I wanted to go to Emerson and I didn't even know why. I just was like, that's where I want to go. And they wouldn't let me. They had to go to Rutgers. It was $2,500 a semester. Well, one of the schools I got into was Douglas, which is. Yeah, that's where my sister went. Yeah. Yeah. So my parents had this good idea and and it worked out nicely because I have friends from my Syracuse days that I'm still in touch with and love. But then I transferred to NYU to finish. Right. Basically. Well, that's where you belong. But did you, um, were you in a Jewish sorority? What sorority? I was. Which one? It's now defunct. It's called Iota Alpha Pi. If there are any Iotas out there listening. But it was a small sorority. I think there were 11 chapters and it kind of went away. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. But it was a nice place to live because at Syracuse in those days you lived in a sorority house. Right. And you had a, just a nice group of friends right, that came right. home to. It was very comforting, actually. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So did your mother go to college? She did. Now, let's keep in mind she's 97. Yes. She went to Purdue. No. And she'll still sing. No way. She'll she still went sing to Purdue? Songs. Yes. How amazing is that? My dad was in the Air Force. He was a captain in the Air right. Force. She did travel around and follow him wherever she How could. did she get to Purdue? I don't quite and know. And it's such a good school. It was just amazing for a woman to go to college yeah. in those days altogether. Yeah. My, she's the same age as my mother. Um, and yeah, she, my mother went to NYU, but she just got an associate's degree. But you know, my aunt who's, um, 90 went to, um, got a, you know, got her full, yeah. she's Those a teacher. Kind of extraordinary times. Yeah. And my grandmother was a teacher and she was born in 1896 and she went to New Jersey Teachers College, mm-hmm. which I think is Kane College now or something. Yeah. So it, it what you know, that whole. And my I, dad went to Muhlenberg. 
Oh, that's such a good yeah. school. When it came out in Pennsylvania, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. And just to have those educated parents, because it wasn't. Well, education is very important. Oh my God, so for... important. Yep. Highlight, highlight. I mean, if you're a well-educated person, that's the foundation. In this day, even more so, that's right. the foundation to have a full life and to be able to, you know. And it doesn't, you don't have, have to job. go to institutionalized. No, you, you can know. go to vocational school, but you right. need an education. And you can read, like I'm writing this book right now and it's like, I'm I so am. so proud of you. Thank that's you. Amazing. It's so, and there are, everyone's like, it was someone writing it with you. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. But. You can do it. I, I know. I just, I like to challenge myself, but it's, I feel like. You know, I've just I'm ensconced in this and I'm just studying and studying and studying. And it's it's amazing. I think it's, it's part of the DNA. Yeah. Anyway. You know, you just want to learn. and you're Everything. I want to know everything. OK, so you what do you study in at Syracuse? I was an art history major. Oh, like your daughter. Didn't your daughter study art history? No, no, she's a so. She's yeah, a but she went worker. to NYU for social. She went so, to social work school. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's where Elisa went too. To NYU Social Work School. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she went to Tufts and then she went Silver to... Silver School of Social Work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Silver. Amanda is uh, terrific. She is the mother of my three granddaughters. Yes. And she went to Dartmouth to college. Yes. And she went to NYU for her social And your work. husband went to Dartmouth too. He did. Um, okay, so you go to college, then you transfer to NYU. Um, you get your degree. Um, how did you meet your husband? We were fixed up on a blind date. No way. True. So... So sign of the times. Sign and who, fi- times. who fixed you up? This really lovely guy. His name is Donald Eisen. He was a friend of Stevens. And he and I were fixed up. We went out on a date. And at the end of the date, which I thought went kind of right. nicely. He was like, you're good for, yeah. He said, you know what? You're such a lovely girl. I really enjoyed it. Do you mind if I give your number to my roommate? No way. And Stephen was his roommate. Yeah. And that's how we met. That happened to my neighbors, Marjorie and Cy. He really? went out on a date with Fern. <laughs> and... uh I guess either he came home and saw Marjorie or firm was like, you should meet my, my, you know, and boom. But in those days, you know, that was a nice way to meet someone. Right. If you were fixed up, that meant that somebody liked you and was trying to make a good match. Right. And also was like, yeah, instead of saying, ugh, she's not for me. And then the end of it. You know, you may not be for me, but I got somebody for you. But now. It was lovely that way, I think. I mean, I always tried to fix people up. I still do. Right. I always, I wanted to write this, but I'm still, I sometimes do this bit, but I haven't flushed it out about how, you know, how these kids, millennials are going to tell their grandkids how they met. Like I was on Tinder <laughs> and I swiped left and, you know, and then, you know, then we have this generation, you know, I, I, I was uh, liberating next? the camps and I saw this woman, you know, it's just these other stories. And but now what's it's the next just, step. Once yeah. We're finished swiping left. Yeah. What? Who the hell? I think we're going to go back. Okay, I think that'd we're be nice. Don't you think? I think it's nice for people to connect with each other. Right. And actually have a conversation. Do you notice? And I notice this when I go out to dinner now, when I went out to dinner 20, 30 years ago and there was a, a, a server and they had a personality and it was like they were a part of the meal. That's it right. was, you know, now I'll say a joke and try to bond in the beginning. And they're like, okay, thank you. What, you know, it's so different the way they connect. I think it's because in this age of social media and the internet, we're kind of losing our way and talking to one another because we're just sending texts and we're sending messages and short little quips. And I I think that we're not realizing how important it is to talk to people and And how destructive it is. And they don't even yeah. spell. It's like, they don't even, all right. Uh, don't get me Moving started. On. So, um, you marry Stephen Roth. He's very handsome. I, you know, and I looked at pictures of you guys when, I mean, you're beyond beautiful. And then he, and then I saw him the other night at, uh, accidentally brave opening and he had this cap on and I'm like, Oh my God. Like he, lo- he's, he has a look. He's hip. Um, Okay. Well, he likes to think so. Yeah. I, I thought he looked hip. All right. He's so, a very good looking guy. No yeah. question. He's very, um, you know, we're married a long time. Yeah. 49 years coming up. Wow. Yeah. I know. Did you fall in love immediately or? <laughs> well, I think that falling in love immediately is sort of an interesting concept. Right. Is right. It that love at first sight and, you know, bells and whistles go right. off. I don't think so. I think it's getting to know a person. Right, right. Feeling that there's a connection and feeling that, you know, you'll take care of each other. Right. Feeling safe. that you have common bonds. Yeah. Feeling safe, feeling yeah. that 
You could trust this person. Did your father like him? Yes. Did he ask your father? Yes, he did. Aww. In those days, you asked right. for the hand in marriage. And I think some people romantic. still do that. I hope so. Yeah, I know a lot of people that do that. Um, so did you have a huge wedding? Was it like... Actually, a- I had a very small wedding, but love um, my mother had some back surgery and she was not feeling very well. So Stephen and I actually planned our own little wedding. Mm. It was only 60. You produced it. I did. Uh-huh. It was 60 people. That's perfect. I thought it was wonderful. I wore pants. I wore a beautiful shirt. Oh my God. I'm outfit. in love. I'm, a, I'm even more in love with you now. And that was a style setting right. moment. And it was a beautiful wedding. It was at a small room at the Pierre Hotel. Oh. That kind of became our family right. place. Gathering so place. Jordan, uh, my daughter got married there. Oh, I love it. In the same room? No, because Different we room. were in a teeny room. Oh, okay. She had a nice big wedding. Right, right. It was gorgeous. And Jordan had his bar mitzvah there. Oh my God, I can't. So lots of family events happened there. Right. And it was really, um, it was a lovely wedding. Right. Oh, I love that. Small and lovely. So did your was anyone like, uh, Daryl, you're wearing pants at your wedding? I can't take that. What is going on? You cannot yeah. wear pants. Did anyone? No, I think everybody thought, good for you. I didn't get that. The only one comment I had, and I'll, I guess, remember it forever since it's 49 years ago. Right. In those days, you know, you wore a little hair piece, a little yes. fall, they yes. called it. And I had a little fall and someone came over to me and said, you know, that fall doesn't really match. Oh, shut up. I said, oh, thank you. <laughs> bye <laughs> Wait, do you and remember who the, it was? I will, but yeah. I cannot say. All right. I cannot say. A relative? Yes. Okay, go ahead. So anyway, that was it. Did it, did it stick in your head? Well, I've remembered it to this day because you know, I always now remember how important it is to say something really kind and really complimentary. If you're in somebody's wedding or bar mitzvah, right, 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 right. Or, you know, or this little 13 year old girl is about to right, go right, and have right. her bat mitzvah, you have to say, you look so beautiful. Right. I love your dress. I do that all. Yeah. And I made a note in my head that I, that went, from that, from that moment on, it sort of reminds me of why people don't, don't read reviews, you know? How so? Because you, that stuck with you. And so I'm sure uh, every time you put oh. a fall on or whatever they call them now. Well, thank goodness you, they went out. Right. But fashion. I feel like. When, no, you're right. You're when right. you read a review, it's like, I, I, that's what. The worst thing stays with you. Not right? the best. And every time you do that on the in the play or as a performer, you're like, yeah, it sticks it makes with that you. Impression. Yeah. So you get married. Um, we get married. We live in New York. Right you live in that. Yes. And, and then Amanda's born two years later mm-hmm. and we move to New Jersey and back to my roots. Are you working because you, you were an interior designer. Yeah, I was working as an interior designer and I was working um, out of my own home. So right. that it was, you know, it was sort of entrepreneurial, but right. it was also but practical. You, right. And you could take care of the kids yeah. and, you know, and you were very involved with your children. Very. Um, I read, I read something that you made costumes for Jordan when he was. <laughs> you did some good research. Yeah, that's right, baby. When he was um, in school, he yeah. was in all the plays. Right. And, that's shocking. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. And I remember it was the Mikado a, yeah. <laughs> a production at Horace Mann where he was um, in high school and, you know, they call on the parents right. to do what they can. Right. I had the best time and I met the nicest parents and, you know, that whole kind of the continuity of doing things. With other parents, but for your kids. Yeah. It's, it's very strong and very I have bonding. to say, those were some of the happiest years of my life. Yeah. And also, I met so many amazing people because I had children. You exactly. know? Well, that, you're, you're going through similar things with right. them. And you're, you know, it's an, an important time to have a community of your own. Right. Uh, and they both turned out incredible. Yes. FYI. I always say they're my two finest productions. Yes. Which they, they are, are. amazing. Um, and warm as well. Smart, warm, caring. Kind of special people, each in their own right. Now, Jordan is out. Yes. And when did you know? Like I, because as a gay child, um, I always, I, from the time I could think was like, there's something wrong with me. You know, there's something different. And then when I became an adolescent, I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. I want to do that. You know? And so when I... I didn't have to come out to some of my relatives because it was like, duh. But as a mother now, I, I think I would have known, you know, because I I, think mothers do know. Yes. And I think the important thing is that you let your child 
come to the realization on his own time schedule. Figure it out. Yeah. I mean, if I would tell you that I kind of thought Jordan was gay when he was three and four years old, I mean, that would be the truth. Right. But, it, you know, a child has to develop in the way that they that they do. Right. And but, you know, was, not all parents are like think like you. I know that. But. I was brought up in a very right. liberal, loving home. And right. that's what I believe. So, you know, when Jordan was ready to become Jordan. Yeah. Uh, how did he, he did. how did he tell you guys? Well, you know, it's funny. He didn't have to tell us in right. the sense that we think about it. I just think when it was comfortable for him to come out to, let's say the, you know, the world, the, right. the people that are in his life. Right. It just happened very naturally. Right. I don't think anybody had any surprise. Right. You know, um, a lot of people... Uh, wait until they have a partner to do it, you know, and wait until the parents like the partner. Uh, But you I mean, now these days you can't do that. Everyone has their own way. Yeah. Hey everyone. Did you know that fast growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States. And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast growing trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code Judy Gold, J U D Y G O L D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code Judy Gold at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code Judy Gold. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. You have this interior design business. Your kids go to college, you know, like you're done and you're in your 40s. And you're like, I want to be in a world that I love. Yeah. It wasn't so much what do I do now? It was more about I need to find something that's much more fulfilling and right. satisfying because I liked my business. And it right. Was- what was the name of the business? Roth Interior. Just Daryl Roth Interiors. Yes. Oh, not, I not love it. Not very clever with those names. Daryl Roth Interiors. How can I help you? Yeah. Um, it was an interesting job, though, because it was, I did mostly office interiors. Right. So. Um, what was your thing about in doctor's being in office? Doctor's actually. Real, to make it, see, <laughs> making it warm and safe and, and comfortable. Yeah. I did a lot of pediatric offices. Oh, that's so great. I liked it much better than residences, although I did a few residential jobs. Well, those people must be so annoying. It's not that. It's just that with an office, there's a, a, there's a, a date that you have yeah. to be finished oh, right. so that you can get into business. Right. Whereas these, you know, other opportunities, they just kind of go on and right, on and right, on, right. which is fine, but not yeah. satisfying for me. Right. But the when I decided that I had to think through this, what I really said to myself Wait. was, what is it I love the most? Right. What do I love the most? I love theater. Right. And so I've tried to figure out a way that I might be able to insinuate myself into the business. Nothing came to mind because I was not trained in any aspect of theater. I right. wasn't an actor. I wasn't technically trained. I wasn't a set designer, although in a way I was, right. but that wasn't something that I was heading for. And I decided that to get to know a little more about theater, I would 
offer my services to any nonprofit that wanted me to be on right. the board or be on a committee or do whatever. And I was asked to go on the board of city center and they were forming a committee that was right up my alley. It ultimately became Encores. Oh, wow. Yeah. In the olden days, it was a committee about but that, how to figure that out. How long had you been in, you know, in pr- the production business before they've been? That, no, that's I amazing. I wasn't in, I didn't start my business. The idea of learning about theater came from my, you know, offering up to be on these right, committees. Right, right, right. And the good thing was that I met Richard Malpe, who was the professional in charge of trying to figure out this whole right. thing that became Encores. And we became friendly. And one night he asked if I'd like to come down and hear some songs that he and his partner, David Shire, had written. Mm -hmm. I said, I would love to. Right. And we went to 88s. Oh, God, I love 88s. It's a great little cabaret, which sadly doesn't exist anymore. I know. That was a uh, a great cabaret. So we went. Mm -hmm. I was so happy. And the songs that they were singing, I felt we're talking directly to me. Right. Everything was about a chapter in your life. Right. Where, you know, going through doors that were closed. And right. You could somehow kick open. Right. And it was all very in my head. But I decided that this could be a beautiful little musical. So at the end of the evening, and I have said this and people laugh, but I say some voice that came from inside me that didn't belong to me. Right. Said to Richard and David, I think this would make a wonderful little musical. Would you let me try? And I can't believe I said it, but I did. Right. And I guess they thought, well, she's either crazy or why not let her go try. Right. And that became Closer Than Ever, which is the first little musical that I, or the first little anything right, that I that produced. that you produced. And um, we took it to Williamstown that summer. Oh, I love Williamstown. And it was a joyous occasion. In fact, Jordan came with me. It was like his little summer right, camp. Right, right. Uh, and he and David Shire's son became friends in right. those early days. So that was 1988. And then people liked it. So we moved to the Cherry Lane. Oh, I love that theater. Which is perfect for, especially perfect for a small intimate show. Was then, still is now. Yep. And it ran for nine months. So I like to say- Wow, that's a long time. Yes, it was my birthing is what I like to say. Because it was just nine months and that was the first thing I produced. Oh, that's funny. I do. I don't laugh at that voice in your head because I do believe that that's something that- Well, sometimes it's always there, but you know, you don't have the confidence to say it. That's what it was for me. I love that. So it is a a sea of men at that time. It's all male- Producers. I mean, how many well, other women? Some, there were some really strong women working, um, and they had like Liz McCann and Nell Newton. Right. They had come up through the management ranks, pretty much. Right. Which, of course, I didn't. I just sort of did the Nike commercial and right did it. Jumped in, but there were some strong women, but not not many producing. Now, did you get backlash from those women? Like, oh, you didn't pay your dues. Was there anything like I felt that? That I felt yeah. that not not from women, just from everybody. Right. You know, here I was. Coming in from New Jersey, right. you know, without any training or background in theater, but I felt in my own way that I, you know, had a feel for it. I grew of up. Of course, on theater. you created these spaces, and you know, you. Yeah, so I, I had to sort of go through that with. Blinders. You must be the worst. Um, like set designers must be so afraid of you. They're not afraid of me, and I hope after all these years that they understand that I just, I have a critical eye. Right. You know, absolutely. I have a very visual eye. And so, um, your you know, sets are amazing. Like, well, I cannot take credit. I, right. But all. indecent, I mean, gorgeous. That, that was gorgeous. Un, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. To- I sort of step in with what I hope is, uh, some constructive comments. Right. Right. You know, nothing too radical, but right. just to kind of, uh, I like to say sort of maybe put the final touches. Right. Right. You, you start producing and the least I, I heard you uh, say, or I read that you said in the era I grew up in, you didn't sit around the dinner table talking about money and it wasn't considered ladylike. And a lot of time is spent. Can I, can, can you invest in this? Right. Um, Would you give me some of your right. money that chances are may get back to you or may not get back right, to you. Right, right. Will you join me in this risky, risky, risky business? And ha- it's hard. Right. So I, I read that you said you, when you have to do that, 
you act like you're playing a character. Like I'm the character of the producer asking for money. It's kind of true. I, I, I do have to do that often because I'm timid about it in a funny way. And so I just kind of set my mind on being somebody else asking for money. Right. And it works a lot better. It's so, I, I, it's so childish. Right. No, but I see, I totally get that. Like, do you get like a little anxiety before you have to go like, Oh, I I have to ask this, you know, I I think it's, yes, I guess it is anxiety. I'm just, you know, my confidence is not really in that area. Right. You know, I feel very confident about other things, my choices, Mm -hmm. the people that I want to work with, you Mm -hmm. know, putting a creative team together. I feel really, you know, comfortable in that space, but I'm just not very comfortable asking people for money. Now, of course I have to, right. It's a big part of the job. And it's more in the early days that I actually sort of put up this pretend I'm but somebody it might, else. It might be, I mean, obviously it's easier now since you have it's 12 easier. Tony Awards and well, and seven hard. Pulitzer Prize winning plays. And, you know, I mean, people probably think, well, Dar- if Daryl likes, I mean, you really are, are li- this sort of Midas touch stamp of approval for people. Well, it's very nice to hear you say that. But the truth, the truth. of the matter is every... Every play, every musical, every time out of the gate, it's a different story. You, right. know, you just don't know. And I have said this before, and I'll say it again, that I believe that theater deals in a different currency. Right. Not everything that I've chosen to do is meant to be commercial or right. even sometimes we're really happily surprised. Right. Like wit, for right. example, right. which no right. one. Amazing. Yeah. And no one thought commercial, but right. it turned out to be a beautiful play and, and, commercially successful too. Right. But in the front of my mind, my first thing is, is this a story that I want to tell? Is this a story that will, you know, reach out to people? And, right. And is it something that I feel strongly about? Right. Right. And so that's number one on the list. And number two on the list is, will people come because you can put up the most beautiful piece of work. And if nobody comes, where right. are you? Right. So the will people come is hand in hand with, will it be commercial? Will, right. Will it make money? Um, Have you had to turn down things uh because even though you loved 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 you you just knew in deep down inside that no one's going to come see this no wow because i wouldn't do something if i didn't think it had value right right i didn't think someone would feel that worth right wow you go by your gut that is true um for whatever which is which is something that's taken me a long time to learn. And I always say and if young comics or, or writers say to me, I always say, follow your gut. Because when I, I know that the times I didn't follow my gut, it was a mistake. Even if I thought, yeah, even if I got money, even if I, you know, th- it's just these instincts that. Well, I think that's so true because at the end of the day, you have no one that, you need to satisfy more than yourself. Right. You have no one. And you have to live with that person. Well, that's the point. You have to live with the decisions that you make. Some of them are going to be great decisions. Some of them are going to be the wrong decision for whatever reason, but never wrong for you. If that's what you chose to do at that point in time, it was the right thing at that point in time. Right. And there are some things that, you know, are kind of crazy, but you go for them and you don't know why exactly, but you're, you're, Something inside says, go for it. I think you should go for it. Right. And there are other things that, you know, you kind of miss the boat, but that little voice inside did not say go forward. Right. Do you ever say to your husband, uh, or does he ever say, I don't think that one's gonna, does he like, he's very involved in my choices. I always talk to him about things and some things he'll say, well, if you got to do it, you got to do right, it. Right, right, right. Because he knows me and he right, knows right. what pushes me forward to do something. And, you know, I I think that he's very proud of my career. And I don't think that some of my choices that would have been, you know, supported by him if he didn't just believe in me. Right, right. You know, so. I believe in you. Thank you. Um, how hard is it to go in and tell a cast and crew we're closing? It's the hardest thing for me to do. It's the worst part of this job. It's, it's what takes the joy out of so many wonderful right. things because it's what you dread doing. But right. of course it comes to that no matter what. 
either you close prematurely or right. even like Kinky Boots. Right. We're closing Sunday after I know. six years. And I'm, I love I'm that so show. Thank you. I love it so much. But even after the, this magnificent six years, right. I'm beside myself with grief. And that's, that is also a, an example of a show where you were like, oh, we'll see. No, I never said we'll see. I always believed in it. Oh, you did? Oh, I always believed in it. I think that people then people said, ah, yeah, yeah. this isn't going to last. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a show about drag queens. Right. Nobody understood in the beginning what a fabulous right, story, right. what a great message. And how many kids it helped. How many kids it helped is uh, beyond letters and I know. And text and and people standing online after the show. I know. It's it is such an incredible story. So uh, it's but it is, is it is it gonna go around It's going around the world tour. as we talk. Oh good. It's on tour. It's just opening up in Japan again. And right. Well it won't be on forty fifth street. I'll be very sad about that because it's sort of my B twelve shot right. when I check in a couple of times a week. Right. It just brings me such joy and I'm so proud of it. But you know what? It was a hard beginning because right. until people started spreading the word of mouth. It was confusing for some. Right. They didn't know what, what is this kinky boots? I don't know. They didn't realize what a great message of acceptance right, right. It represented. Um, by the end of, I guess, the first year, it was really catching on. Oh my God, it was amazing. And as we got into the world of where we are now, this right. many years later, that kind of show with that kind of heart and the message of accepting yourself and accepting other people and, and, changing your mind about things. I mean, how valuable is it's, that? Now? It's incredible. It's incredible. Isn't have it? you, do you save any letters you get? All of them. No well, way. A, I'm a pack rat. I have so been into my office. You see I know, but it's so clean and beautiful and airy and light. It's full of stuff. Yeah. Full of but stuff. Do, would you ever write a book? I don't think so. Oh, God damn Unlike you, I would need someone to write. No, it but I me. mean, like you have to do those letters must be Incredible. I've been getting wonderful letters from a lot of the shows. Normal Heart. I oh. received the most beautiful, beautiful, grateful letters and and certainly kinky boots with right. you know, kids that said that I had the strength to tell my parents I'm right. um accidentally brave, which we just started yes. and which yes. you've seen. With has Maddie Corman. With Maddie yes. Corman beautifully portraying oh, I don't her know how own she does life it. story. I don't know how she does it. <clears throat> well, she is brave. Yeah. That's the first thing. Beyond. And a wonderful actress. Mm -hmm. The letters and the people that are sending notes after seeing it, having said how grateful they are for mm -hmm. her telling the story, because <clears throat> it's a way of their opening up with their stories. Right. And that's what theater does at its best, doesn't it? Exactly. That's why I say you have changed the world. Don't forget to tune in next week to Just Kill Me Now. Um, or, let's just kill me. Oh. Don't forget to turn uh, for part two on Just Kill Me. No, it's not. It's <laughs> just, just Kill Me. Now. No, Judy Gold's Just Kill Me. Just Kill Me Now. Just Kill Me Now. <laughs>